Hey, welcome to Like the Baptist. It's been a week. That's too long. We've got to get together more often. More oftener than that. A week is a long time. But anyway, we're just happy you're back. I'm happy you guys are back. My friends are back with me the, uh, in the preacher category for more of the preacher series, which is taking on a life of its own in so many different ways. <laughs> so many different ways. I wish I could tell you all the ways, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to beleaguer you, for one, with all that excess information. Thank you. Uh, that applause was for me remembering that from you. Your vocabulary ago. has expanded. <laughs> it has. <laughs> At least it's not shrinkling. Yes, I will Ooh. say. I think I think we can get that in the dictionary. Shrinkle? I think so. I'm would, hearing would it all the time. Would that not be fascinating down the road for your grandkids to say, "Hey, that was my grandparents that got that in the dictionary." That word there, and their friends would look at them and go, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Never heard it before. Congratulations, but uh, so anyway, welcome Neil Andrews. Hey. Good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to see you again. Coons. Jackson, Merry Christmas Eve. Merry, you know, that's right. It just dawned on me that this is Christmas Eve. Yep. And oh, traditionally, uh, well, yeah, well. I've got a service to play for. Well, we'll get you there. I may be playing oh, with you. Okay. I haven't gotten back with you yet, have I? Mm-mm. Well, since it's today, I probably better get around and do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh did I say hey, Coons? You did. I said hey, Jackson. Merry Christmas Eve. Thank you so much. And HD Jones, good to be here. Merry Christmas to you too tomorrow. <laughs> Since this yeah. is the Eve, yeah, I get to work tomorrow. Remember? That's correct. Yep. That's the that's you're a preacher. So that's, yeah, you know a lot of churches don't. It's kind of sad. They just close on Christmas. Extremely sad to yeah. not have church yeah. on Christmas Day. Well, look. In fairness, I can kind of understand the thinking, but. In today's culture, personally, I think it's important that there is service. Yeah, I may not be there, but <laughs> <laughs> it's important that we it's should be there. That, the, that you guys the be staff there. should be there because we're paying you. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I get you. Anyway, did I say welcome? Oh, it's good to see you again. Good yeah. to see you too. Uh, comments at mikethebaptist.com. Going to keep hammering that and keep those cards and letters coming because we do want to hear from people. It's kind of lonely out here in uh, internet cyberspace if you don't hear back from somebody that says, "Hey, we we know you're there, and we care," <laughs> or "We know you're there, and we don't care. We just want to know that you're there, and we're here, and that this is not all for for not for naught." Did I say that correctly? N a u g h t. Yes. Okay. You did. All right. Anyway, so send us some uh, questions, comments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, still would like to experiment with a small studio audience at some point. Send us your questions, comments, or if you want to experiment with us on a studio audience sometime, we may be interested in that. It depends. Actually, it depends on who. <laughs> who contacts us, says, yes, I want to sit in there. And should should they, you know, share with us a family recipe when they come? That'd be a great... That would be a great way to. I don't that be cool I don't to do completely a, understand why we we're not dinner. getting a big response. Well, I think the person that's the studio audience, we could evaluate or review oh, their food right in front live. Of How embarrassing could that? That would be yeah, amazing. That would be an opportunity for a big embarrassment right there. Could be, or just uh, schmoozing mm. to get free food. Yeah, either way, which works. is not what we're up to. Let me just say, but we're not beneath it. That is not what we're up to. <laughs> we are we're not beneath it, but that's not what we're up to. Preachers will take food. Yes, we will. Uh, did you hear about the uh, the preacher that 
went to the little old lady's house for lunch. She, she'd been inviting him, and he finally came over for lunch. And No, how'd that go? Well, let me just tell you <laughs> since you asked. So the preacher came in, and the little lady said, Looky here, so you just sit there on that couch and make yourself comfortable. Let me go in there, and I'll fix this lunch. And he said, Well, okay, I will. And she went off in the kitchen, and she's in there clamoring around, frying chicken and doing stuff, and hollering him once in a while, You doing okay? Yep, yep, yep. And she finally comes in there to tell him that lunch is ready. And she walks in there and she says, I hope you're not starving. And the preacher said, no, ma'am. said, I've been eating these peanuts here on the coffee table. I'm, I'm just fine. She said, well, that's okay with me because all I do is suck the chocolate off of them anyways. Mm. So mm. Yeah, it's an old story. Good. I think I y'all have heard one. that before. But. Um, so what, what else? Uh, <laughs> comments. Send us your comments. Buy a T-shirt. Buy a T-shirt or a hoodie. Uh, we, we may or may not put your picture on here. We probably will. And uh, years ago, I started this thing called Million Friends <laughs> Network. And I was I was going to try to get a million people to have a, one of these shirts that I was working on and each have a different number. I think uh, you have some I of those. Do. You've I got do. two of those. Uh, so it actually took off pretty good but me in typical fashion once the excitement part of it was over i was off to other which things. was a really good idea because if everybody gave you ten dollars for a t-shirt yes and you had a million friends yes hmm, well you, you know i to? never even thought about that pardon how many number did you get to uh i'm not going to answer that because <laughs> it, uh actually i had a, a, a program that randomly selected a number so when you joined you got a random number but I had several people who are really, really uh, uh, interested in knowing what's going on around them who just kept peppering me with that question. And I just purposefully decided I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> it was wearing them out pretty bad. Yeah. So it was not, it was not, uh, it was not a million. Uh, I figured not since we're here with you. But, but I, may, I, I may ramp that back up again because it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked people when they when they got a million friends member shirt to send me pictures. I started getting pictures from the Bahamas and all kinds of places, uh, the Aztec ruins. And these people were sending me wearing these shirts, taking selfies. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. Hmm. And then I just moved on to something else. So, uh, Sounds like a new fan club for this show, right? Just anything to sell a shirt. So, <laughs> but no, no. If you uh, if you do get involved in that, in any of that apparel, send us pictures, preferably from exotic locations or just interesting Cotton locations. Town. Cotton Town is kind of exotic. Say Cotton Town would be. Cotton Town's pretty exotic. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, emails, apparel, uh, a food review. Send us food if you got it. Anything else we got to cover there? I think it's pretty good. Uh, the Christmas season, can't believe it's tomorrow already. It sneaks up on you. It really mm-hmm. sneaks up on you. True. Uh, so, uh, on today's front porch visit, uh, speaking of those emails, we got, an, we got an email from someone who thought that it would be interesting to uh, uh, have everybody here on the panel talk about nicknames that they might have had in their life or nicknames uh, that they thought were interesting of other people. Uh, I think this individual, this individual is named Aaron. I think Aaron said the part about nicknames of other people that you found interesting, or I may have just thought that. 
So either way, I thought it would give us more opportunity uh, for uh, excess frivolities. We got the concept? Yeah, let me just jump in there because I have the most unusual name at the table. So, uh, yeah, eighth grade year, you know, looking forward to getting my Greenbrier Bobcat jacket Mm -hmm. with my name embroidered on it. Yes. So you had to fill out the little tag, you know. <laughs> so I put H period D period Jones. Mm-hmm. Sent that bad boy in. Looking weeks later, it comes in. I'm so excited. Rip it open. Oh, no. It says H-O-D-O. <laughs> Hodo. So for the whole hilarious. year, I was known as Hodo Jones. <laughs> that is Isn't hilarious. that pretty awesome? How does not stick forever? I know, right? Well, that's my Hodo story. That's hilarious. You know, that's probably eighth grade. That's but hilarious. again, with initials, that stuff just follows you around. So again, trying to get past your past. Go to Knoxville. I'm on the <laughs> dorm floor. You know, you're trying to learn people's names and everything. So one Friday night, <clears throat> this guy comes walking down our dorm and a bunch of us hanging out in the guy's room watching a game or something. He comes in there and think, well, he's he's a little lit because it's been Friday night. You know, he's been out partying at the strip. He comes back in and somebody was introduced and says, well, "This is this is HD." He goes, "HD, what does that stand for?" Hound dog. <laughs> so for the, my whole freshman year in college, now I'm Hound Dog Jones. It's like, golly, dude, can we not just? You kind of have not had a break since the beginning. I know it's bad. So. First, your parents pegged you with Hugely. Yeah, right? You can't even say it. I didn't even say it right. <laughs> Hugely. I added extra silver yeah, or two. Know, right? in there. And then you became Hodo. Hodo, yeah. It's easier to remember. Yeah. And Hound Dog. And then Hound Dog. Yeah. Well, when I when I first was around you, there were kids calling you Hot Dog. Hot Dog, that's it. But then I started calling you Hard Drive. Yeah. So yep. you can't catch a break. And it was funny, too, because with the Hot Dog, I forgot about that. But I'd go down to Mother's Day Out. I'd go down to Mother's Day Out and... You know, get the kids riled up and then just go back to my office. Well, they were all calling me Pastor Hot Dog. <laughs> and I had a parent that kind of was like, Why do they call you Pastor Hot Dog? You know, I was like, uh, You know, HD Hot Dog. Like, oh, okay, okay. It was like, Yeah, it's just weird. Wow. What a great rambunctious right? start. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can only go down from yeah. here. We can only go down, and uh, I'm going to take it way down, so you try to hold it up there for a little bit. <laughs> All righty, then. So, uh, um, the old TV show, The Dukes of Hazard. Yes. Um, what was the mechanic's name? Cooter. There you yeah. go. Cooter. So, when I was 16, 17 years old, I don't know why. Well, I didn't know why. Coons, you know. Oh, uh, one of the guys in the youth group, about my age, he just decided he's going to start calling me Cooter. We called him Moose. He's a big guy, so, you know, you didn't mess with him, really. But he is a teddy bear, so he wouldn't have hurt me. But uh, for some reason, he decided that I was Cooter. And uh, and that stuck for, for a good number of years. And if he saw me today, he when well, we haven't seen each other in 20 years, he'd probably call me Cooter before he'd call me Michael or call me Coons or whatever else. So, Boy, are you stepping in one right here. Yeah, I'm telling you, it is. Well, later on, you know, many years later, someone decided that that was a, a bad word. Huh. I'd never heard that before. Well. And I was like, oh, well, I'm like, whatever. But it was good for the Dukes of Hazard, yeah. so I'm like, hey, that's yeah. good for me. I'm yeah. okay with it. You wow. Know. And how old were you then? I was like 16. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to always like to clarify yeah. ages here. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm waiting for one of these days, one of these guys to say, oh, it was last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's coming. Don't worry. Cooter. 
Cooter. Uh, did you have any nicknames that you knew other people had? We didn't cover that with you either. Well, but you had so much material uh, on your yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's like Jason today. Yeah, you know, he is. He's our <laughs> <Jason> today. <laughs> I'm going to pay for that one later. No, the, uh, I've talked about him before, but Tub. Effinger. Yep. You know, his name was William, if I remember right, but we called him Tub. No idea why, but he was Tub. But everybody called him that. That's right. He was Tub. So. What about the guy that was in our church for a while, Poopy? That's yes, terrible. Poopy. Oh, that ain't yeah. right to do to anybody. Poopy's gone to be on with the Lord now, but I never guy. understood why they called him Poopy, and I was always terribly uncomfortable with it. I was not going to call him that, and I didn't know until his own funeral. Yep, yep. He recorded a video, and they played it at his own funeral. That was so funny, but yep. that was him. That was just the way he was. Yep. yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you beat Poopy? Nah. <laughs> I'd rather not than make a mess. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there, too. I, I never really had any nicknames, honestly. Later, um, no, nah, that doesn't matter. Um, but, but the thing that happened that was kind of fun, I got a friend that was a, a retired Green Beret, and he took me to the, the gun and knife show. Bill Goodman's gun down at the old, huh? No, Bill Goodman's no, gun and knife. No, no. I don't know. It's one down at the old fairgrounds. Yeah, it's Bill Goodman's yes. gun and knife. Never been to one of those before. And, you know, we're looking around. There's different booths and things. And um, I walked past one, and there's a bunch of clothes, and they all had my initials on them. I couldn't figure out what it was. It's NRA. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I, I knew. I didn't think. Oh, I got my initials. On it. Yeah, like, Free monogramming. Yeah, yeah, every shirt. Yeah. So I hesitate to put my initials on anything because yeah. it makes a statement. That yeah. You're an instant target. Well, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah. it wow. does. Uh, wow. I just thought of another one. I, I had before I could even talk. Uh, I didn't Poopy. have any. Do what? Poopy. Poopy. <laughs> Probably didn't know about that one. That's comedy right yeah. there. That's comedy. I didn't have hair until I was three years old. I was, what? I was. I was bald. Really? And, yeah. And uh, they called me With Kojak. With <laughs> it, it all came down here. Yeah, but they called me Kojak. You know? Hey, didn't Kojak have a goatee or mm-hmm. or did he? That was really before my time. I never watched it. Oh, I don't well, that's so. Telly Sabalas. I can't. Yes, remember. it was. I yep, so. I remember it. I don't think yeah. so. What? I don't think he had a goatee. Uh-uh. Oh, no, I thought you were saying was that Telly Savalas. But, yeah, that was correct. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, that just jumped in my brain. So there Is you that go. normal for a kid not to have hair until they're three? I don't think so. <laughs> but just just think about it. What's really normal sitting across from me right Define, now? Yeah, well, by the way, Mike, love you, buddy. Yeah, turn that cup sideways right there. They can see it. That looks like uh, HD wants to give old Jackson a great big old kiss. Of course, if you're only listening fast to this program, you don't really understand what just happened. So here's a reason for you to go to YouTube, (laughs) click on the subscribe button. There you go. And uh, we talked about that a week or so ago. Eight or ten. Yeah, the number went up a little bit. Okay, good. 8.5. Something like that. Half a listener? Looking yeah. for the half. That's the point fivers. Yeah. Now, they're out there. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure. Uh, where were we? I think it's your turn to tell your us about your nickname. Kojak. Oh, I didn't really uh, – well, I never really had a nickname. I've, I've been Jackson all my life. It's just Jackson. Everybody just call me Jackson. Until recent years, some of my friends got to call me Jack. I don't know why. Just lazy. <laughs> me or them? Them. Okay. But I kind of accepted it. I kind of like that. Um, you know, I'm just, if like somebody says Jack now, I kind of turn and look. <laughs> Nobody ever called you MJ? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, that is true. A lot of people call me MJ. Most people just call me Jackson all my life. Yeah. I've just been Jackson. However, there was a brief period of time uh, when some people would call me Mikey. Mm, I didn't never. I never liked Mikey. I did not like that. And I'm like you. I, of course, nowadays, I wouldn't care. We're just and over there. I wouldn't care, but how can you not like that? Come what? on. Mikey? Mikey likes it. No, yeah. he doesn't. Well, when you're when you're young <laughs> and small. Yeah. yeah. When you're young and small, Mikey. So now you're just making me feel uncomfortable because, like, do you, do you have a problem when I just walk in and go, Nilio, what's up? Okay. Nah. Well, there yeah, are those see, underlying currents. Yeah. There's an age thing, too, where... Where you're what giving, are you saying? You give a crapper break. You give you? a crapper breaks when you turn a certain age. <laughs> but but when you're young and your name is Michael, and people call you Mikey, you just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't even like Mike. Yeah. Do you like Mike? I don't mind Mike. Yeah, I mean, I'll, like, Mike's okay. Y'all are just putting way too much stress on me. But I don't really care You've done anymore. Well, don't worry. You, you haven't know, hurt it, my feelings yet. It, it, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting to hurt your feelings. There was a guy. Uh, there was a guy in my hometown. I think this was his real name. Somebody send me an email, correct me if I'm wrong. His name was Chainsaw Butts. <laughs> the last name was Butts, and Arkansas. his parents named him Chainsaw. For real. Now, if this is not for real, I've been terribly misled for a long time. So somebody from home, wow. you know, when you get, get down, in touch with me, and let me know if that was correct. Down further south like that, names get weird. I need to bring in the uh, the family tree from mom's side from Alabama. Yeah, I'll need to bring that in and share some of those with you. I would love you. to see that because uh, there used to be some. My grandfather's they ran out of names when they started Osher creating Ishmael. O s h e r. You know, Osher we might be related, Ishmael. but those aren't both in the Bible. So, but I got scared. I've got a relative that's in a <clears throat> in a belief system that likes to do uh, backgrounds, genealogies. <clears throat> yes, yeah. and I looked through the things that he had acquired, and I could not believe. So I've got like. British, English, Irish, Scottish, all that. I'm a mutt. But the names, they started in the, I don't know, I guess it would have been the uh, 1700s. There are president's names in there where people oh, would yes. name, I'm, that was, you know, that great, was great, great grandfather named whatever. I, I didn't know they did that. Hmm, that was, was a popular thing to do. Really? If you do much genealogy, uh, what you discover really quick is you wonder why there's so many different spellings of mm. last names, and you wonder mm. all those people are like, well, what happens in the census, census takers would go around, go up to your household, take your information. They would sometimes just spell it how they wanted to. So what you wind up with is you wind up with Joneses up the holler that way, J-O-N-E-S, but Joneses by a different census taker over here who are related uh, J-O-N-E-Z. Uh, that's a real thing. So in real genealogy, wow. you got a lot of work cut out because that's where you have to backtrack all the trees hmm. to prove something. But you run into the real name. Now, let's just be honest. And the same in thing Arkansas, happened when they came from overseas. In Arkansas, there's not as many trees because there's... Well, no, 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 no. What are you branches? saying? Yeah. I was going to correct you. you there's not that out. many branches. <laughs> oh, okay. Got you. There's a lot of trees with one branch. <laughs> it just goes that way for a long way. But, but now I'm going to let you guys in on a little surprise. Now I've been I've been taking the brunt of Arkansas jokes for a long time, but I'm going to let you guys in on a surprise. And it comes from my experience with because I never knew who my biological father was. I do now, 
but I didn't for a long time. Was it Bill Clinton? No, but he was a uh, he was uh, I have some stories about that too. Uh, but I'm not going to go into those here in this public forum. But so where's he from? He's from Arkansas. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to go into any more details, but just Arkansas. Arkansas what did he do it's for a big state. Bill? No, your dad. Your, oh no 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 no. Well, yeah, he's from Arkansas. He's uh. Uh, I'm not going to say too much about that right here either because okay. he's not accepting of this. Uh, uh, he's just not accepting of this right now. I want to hear the secret. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, out of respect for other people, I'm not going to do that. But sure. there are a few people that know the story and uh, some new relatives of mine who uh, we talk on the backside of things. But what right. I was getting at is uh, uh, when you when you dig into genealogy for just a little while, What's hilarious is is uh, here's here's my point. A couple or three years ago, uh, there's this fellow named Casey Morton that I've played music with for years, and we've roamed around, played music, just real close, great friend. He, he and his wife and all. I'm going through my DNA results one morning. His wife Jenny pops up. She's a, a like a third cousin or something of mine. I thought, well, this is hilarious. Another friend of mine, Paul Brandlin, an yeah. aunt of his out in Oregon, shows up on my DNA results one time. Uh, a family in this town that I live in now, the Tate family, uh, they used to go to church with me, but they don't anymore. But uh, I'm looking through those results one morning, and uh, Joey Tate pops up, who's about my age. He's go to church with him. He's a he's a second or third cousin, maybe a third cousin. My point is. When you go far enough back in those genealogies, we are all pretty much a little related, by, <laughs> and you would be surprised. If you've never done an ancestry DNA thing, I suggest you do it because it's highly entertaining just to find out who you're actually related to. Is that an any or an Audi? What? And we're all related. Mm, good. Whoa. Need to be looking that up. Anyway, without divulging any further DNA mm -hmm. results... Uh, uh, and so what I hear you saying is you voluntarily yes. gave the federal government your DNA. No, no, no. I'm kind of shocked no. at that. I know, right? And he's the, saying that like now. The rebel Does he realize him, what like, he's done? No, yeah. you don't give the federal government your DNA. Oh, they've got it, buddy. Well, they probably do. Have it, <laughs> in that underground vault out in yeah. uh, Idaho, yeah, wherever they, they know, where they're they cloning multiple are, Michael Jacksons. Are, right? <laughs> um, Mikey Jackson, Mike Jackson. Well, Mike. I will say this, that understanding who you're related to in your hometowns explains a lot more about yourself. Won't you? <laughs> <laughs> I've learned a lot today. I, didn't, I had no idea that Neil was part of the NRA. <laughs> I did not either. That's, that's really impressive. <laughs> And uh, and I don't know I, I I don't know which nickname to use on you now. <laughs> I'm stuck on Hodo. I like, I like Hodo. 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 Yeah. That kind of, yeah, I like. It's Hodo. really a good preacher's name. And, and Pastor was, Hodo. I'm telling you, it was just <laughs> it was just brotherhood. It was just really disappointing. It was, it, was, it was just really disappointing. <laughs> I got my jacket in, you know, and it was like brother Hodo. What the? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. For the Hodo. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yeah. So I got involved with some company. Uh, and tried to sell school letter jackets one year, years ago in another life. But anyway, I uh, did a few schools, and I called this one school uh, in a neighboring town out there and told the lady I'm talking to what I was doing. I need to talk to their football coach, I think is who was handling the letter jackets. And they said, sure, can I tell him who's calling? Uh, uh, well, actually, it started out 
his name was Phil Collins. Oh. And so <clears throat> I'd asked her Phil Collins, and she was asking me what it was about. And I told her all about the letter jacket. I need to talk to him. Set your school up for it. She said, well, can I tell him who's calling? I said, Michael Jackson. She just hung up. <laughs> Click. <laughs> so I called back, and I made it back through to him. But I had to. So anyway. She thought you were being a smarty pants. She did. Yeah. I figured you were going to say he picked up the phone, and you went, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I wish I'd thought about that at the time. Sure. I, I was needing to make some money, so. Uh, Good front porch talk yeah. uh, about nicknames, et cetera, et cetera, and learned a lot of information. Thanks, And Aaron. I'm sure some folks who are <laughs> watching and listening have some new information Aaron. now. Aaron. Oh, thanks, okay. Aaron. Thanks. Yes, our, our mutual friend, Aaron, uh, who who doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to drag her in here one day uh, on, an, on an idea for a little series I've got in mind. And I'm only saying that right now to put fear into her, <laughs> and I'm not going to explain anything I think we should else. come up with a nickname for her. So mm. she, I mean, you know, should we? We could. <laughs> we might need to ponder <laughs> that. The air. Yeah, we might need to ponder that. For I call while. her husband Moses because he used to be in a uh, – Sunday morning class I was in, and whenever he would read the scripture, and then the Lord commanded. He had this voice. Of, yeah. I was calling him Moses. Mm-hmm. Okay, enough frivolity. It's time to get serious. So uh, we're going to go up into town during the break and see if we can find some people that can handle serious because I don't know that we can. But while we're waiting, though, we'll, we'll have a little discussion about some stuff we found in the Bible when we come back. Stick with us. You may have seen people wearing Mike the Baptist t-shirts or hoodies lately and wondered to yourself, Hey self, where could I get some of that bling bling? Well, tell yourself not to worry, because it's easy to order Mike the Baptist logo tees and hoodies for yourself or your family and friends. Visit MikeTheBaptist.com, click on the merchandise link, and shop away. Lots of colors and sizes to pick from. And now available, I'm just a Christian trying not to cuss tees and hoodies. Mike the Baptist is all about real talk with real people, spreading the good news to a world who can really use some good news right now. When you purchase Mike the Baptist tees and hoodies, you're helping Mike and the crew pay the bills to keep Mike the Baptist on the interwebs and talking about God's love for all people. It's really that simple. And we make no apologies for having fun and living out the Christian life. Order your tees or hoodies today with just the logo or familiar sayings you hear on Mike the Baptist episodes. Just visit MikeTheBaptist.com and click on Merchandise. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Mike the Baptist and for your support in helping us spread the good news. What a great planet. Hey, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. It's encouraging. Uh, actually, thank you guys for sticking around. That's encouraging. <laughs> it is today. If anybody has a reason to leave, it's it's these guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, uh, this is a good this is a good portion of this program, which I highly enjoy, and uh, and hope you do too. Hope somebody listening or watching enjoys something out of it too, because. I think sometimes the silliness of uh, people talking is used to drive home some interesting, serious points about this whole Christianity thing. Hope that happens today. I'm I'm convinced that it will because we're not really in charge of the message. We're just 
Chargers trying to be some sort of delivery vehicle, <laughs> like a, like a cheap Amazon truck <laughs> for the faith. That's what we are, cheap Amazon trucks for the faith. That's good. I, like that. I don't know where that came from. I'm just as surprised as you are about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll turn it over to the preachers to talk about that stuff. All right. Well, since uh, it's Christmas Eve, uh, we've been in the Christmas season for a good while now. For me, you know, Christmas season starts on November the 1st as soon as Halloween (laughs) is over. And I'm one of those that puts his tree up as quickly as he can. But uh, it's Christmas Eve. And uh, thinking about the arrival of our Lord and Savior into this world. And when you go into the scriptures and you start looking at that, that, that's an amazing story. Um, One of the things that we come to are the shepherds that were out in the fields keeping watch over their flock. Keep you know taking care of the sheep that were out there, and they were just a uh, they were so blessed because of what they got to experience and to be a part of uh, on that night. But the shepherds, they were out there doing a job that probably wasn't really popular. I guess I don't know uh, menial thinking about you're just out here taking care of a herd, you know, making sure that every they all come back home. You know, in the morning, you know, everybody survives and that uh, the animals are safe. Um, And they do that day in and and day out. We have all, we've got jobs that we do day in and day out. Uh, Even with us, you know, being uh, the pastors at the church and stuff, there are things that we do that are meaning, what's the word? Full? Nah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Menial. Menial. Yeah. 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 Good word. Uh, You know, in our day-to-day jobs. and uh, But even in those things, no matter where we're at or what job anybody is working uh, in in life, there should be ways for us to take and use that as a way to tell them about Jesus Mm -hmm. and to just share this wonderful event that we're celebrating tonight. Uh, You know, our Savior, he arrived. He he came here uh, for us. And uh, when, you, when you think about that, are there things in your life, in your job, that you just feel like, you know, they're menial, but how can I turn that around? Or, you know, maybe throughout our lives, things that we've done on a routine basis, but we just need to think about these things in a different light, and how can we use that to tell others about Jesus? Well, I'm sorry. I'm the common guy here at the table, so i got to bring this up. Uh us common folks who are not preachers or professional ministers, um, maybe maybe trip on that a little bit from time to time because I'm not sure that we spend 24 hours a day thinking about what we're doing is a ministry. And I think we may even have a little difficulty from time to time uh, trying to make put ourselves in that at our job, which I don't, I say all the time, I don't have a job, but I have a lot of jobs. I do a lot of things. But just personally, uh, if I'm up here doing something in the studio, working on something really hard, it's hard for me sometimes to think, well, I, I need to, uh, I need to stop and witness somebody somehow, or I need to, I need to make uh, this recording be for Jesus when it may not be. It may just be a commercial for somebody or, you know, something or a piece of music or, you, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I didn't mean to stop your train of thought. No, you're good. But the question there, uh, what was the question? Well, in our in our day-to-day lives, what we're doing and stuff, you know, how, how are we sharing Jesus? Okay, so, yeah, so I think where I was heading with that is 
do we have to be 24 hours a day trying to think about every th- single thing we do in our job if we're not in prof- on the professional side of the industry? Is that something we need to feel guilty about because we're not doing it 24-7? Or I don't, I don't think it's a, a feel guilty thing. I think the more, you know, people talk about God and having a, a personal relationship with him it's not a it's not a science it's a relationship and the more you have this relationship the more you want to please whoever it is that you're in the relationship with and so don't you want to it's it's not a 24 7 thing it gets to the point where you desire to do those things it's kind of like i think when when people accept jesus a lot of times they think everything's going to change in their life and all of those bad things they do are just going to go away. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, maybe somebody keeps smoking or drinking or whatever it is for a while, but they start having these, um, I don't know, you want to push the buzzer in. Okay. They start having these, uh, the Holy Spirit reminds them oh, of yes, things. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not, not the Holy Spirit, just the concept. Well, there's, like, a, there's a church a, there's me every time. There's a, and I hate, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of other words, but there's a conviction that you, happens. You want to. Well, you do. Yeah. And so you desire, you feel different about it than before you accepted the Lord. You feel differently about it than you did back then. I mean, you're you're reminded of those things. And so, is this making any sense? Or? Yeah. But so is it okay just to be ready then? I, I think so. And okay. I, think, I think some of that, you know, where if you talk about sharing Jesus... How you do that? It used to be that we knocked on doors, right, and would say, "Hey, did you know Jesus loves you?" And now we don't knock on doors because we know I'm going to get shot. But we find we find opportunities in our lives, and part of that is doing whatever you do. If you don't work in a church, whatever you do, you want to do it with excellence and do it really well. And I'm there's a specific example. Uh, I had a friend that is a fairly successful songwriter, and I was over at his house, and he had somebody working on his bathroom. He was, you know, doing home stuff to it. And after he left, and he had a big, um, here's the word again, ichthus. He had a big, the the Christian fish symbol Mm -hmm. on his van, and then his business name and all that. And Steve had gone into, sorry, Steve had gone into into the bathroom, and he said, this is just not really well done. But I hired him because I wanted to help him out, said he's a Christian. Mm -hmm. And he said, I probably would have done better not hiring somebody that was a Christian because it was like they were using it as an excuse. Gotcha. So you need to, if you're going to proclaim that and represent that, you need to do what you do with excellence. So that your everything you do glorifies God. I mean, that's another yeah. You of hear those that. phrases, you hear but that um, you you want to display the absolute best you can because God will empower you, and you don't want to make mistakes. You want to do things that are really well done, so that people look at them and go, "Wow, that's really well done." What inspires you? You know, that's kind of, that was a long yep. way around the bus. Sorry. Nope. Yeah. Let's you know, welcome and, here, and and you don't want to feel you shouldn't feel guilty about that because the Bible also tells us that we're to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Do we go around praying every minute that we're awake? No, right. But I should always be having myself in a state of pr- uh, preparation. I should be prepared to that I can pray, mm-hmm. which means I've you know I've got 
got myself right between myself and God. You know, I'm prayed up, I'm confessed up, or you want to call it, so that I can pray at any time. I think we need to be, as Christians, in a place, if I'm pumping gas, and all of a sudden I see somebody over there and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to go talk to them, I can go talk to them. Don't force the situation, but, you know, you just... You need to be prepared. You need to be ready to do these things. So when you say the Holy Spirit says, mm-hmm. are you actually saying that you thought that, whether he you know, prompted you or whatever? But So it's, it's another phrase. I guess this is phrases that I get tripped up on day <laughs> on Mike the Baptist, but I've never heard the Holy Spirit actually say something to me. Right. But right. I have these thoughts sometimes that I should maybe try to do something. Yep. That's exactly That's what I'm referring to. Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't think you have to feel guilty, Mike, about your calling and what God's given you as a job to do, or even what you're, you know, taking care of the house or whatever. You know, not every moment is a witnessing opportunity, but it is an opportunity for you to be working as unto the Lord. It's an opportunity for you to be working on your relationship so that when those opportunities come up, you're prepared, you're ready for that. Um, you know, but I don't think we have to feel guilty. I mean, there are days as a pastor, there are days where I'm sitting in my study by myself all day long. I don't see anybody. And I don't think I'm supposed to go, Oh wait, it's four forty-five. I hadn't witnessed anybody today. Let me run right. outside and do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. Jesus tells his disciples as you go. Mm-hmm. It's not a prescription of every day you've got to do these things. But he's like, as you go, as you're going through life, there are going to be days when it's just you and your thoughts. There are going to be other days when you have those opportunities, and maybe it's smiling at somebody or helping them in some way and you know if you can turn that into some kind of conversation about god Hmm. um i don't think it's always beat them over the head and and say hey did you know without jesus you're going to hell and i think that's where we get tripped up for example today we had a gentleman that came into our church he's a uh, community person but he was brought to me to talk about a business thing within the church we talked a little while. When the conversation was over, he was heading out. I said, hey, walk out there and pick you out a seat. I'll see you on Sunday. He kind of smiled at me, and you know, whether he's going to come or not, I don't know. Hmm. Did I miss an opportunity? Maybe. But I did say something to him to let him know he would be welcome, and we would love for him to be a part uh, on Sunday. Um, so I don't think we have to feel guilty about that stuff. I just think we have to – and, again, we have to – we have to be us, and we're all created a little bit differently, um, and we do it in our own ways. So, yeah, as you go, your as you go is a lot different than mine or exactly. Neil or Cooters. Exactly, or Cooters. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd like to go. I'd like to go back to the shepherds just a minute because as you were talking about that, I was like, I had this. You used the words epiphany today. I was like, wow, that's I like that word. <laughs> um, but pastors are called to be the under shepherds. When you think about shepherds in Jesus' day, they were the lower class, stinky, menial jobs, but so necessary because if they don't raise the sheep, then the high priest has nothing to sacrifice. That's right. The people, can't, their sins can't be forgiven. They can't worship. They can't. Right. So the shepherds were important 
for what the people needed. And, I, you know, again, I don't, I, I would rather you come up and make fun of me about Hodo than to come up and feel sorry for me because I don't feel sorry in my calling. But I'm telling you, some days it's just menial task. Sometimes it's stinky. It is. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I had this, I had this, I guess, idea in my head that, you know, when I became a senior pastor, the people are going to come every day and want to take me to lunch and let's go play golf and hey i've got a condo if you want to stay in anytime or we got a lake house if you want to here's my boat just take it out pastor i know you need to go out and study and be close to jesus and you know what i've had a few of those things and they're nice but a lot of it's been complaints uh i can't get along with this person in the church i want you to do something <laughs> about it hey the toilet stopped up hey there's a problem out in the parking lot and and you kind of get bogged down with some of these menial tasks. You're like, I didn't sign up for this. But then you be reminded that how many days, think about how many days did these shepherds just do the normal routine stuff that was not fun, that was not praise, that was not, and yet they're one of the first groups that God reveals this That's right. new thing to. Yeah. And that's what I look at in our in our ministries. You know, yeah, there's a lot of junk that happens, and then there's those aha moments. There's the, wow, God allowed me to be a part of this. God showed me something. God spoke to me in some way. God, you know, let me see him in action. Uh, so it's just a kind of reminder, maybe again, just an encouragement to to us as pastors, but also, you know, to our listeners. You know, every day is not a honeymoon. Yeah. You know, and For real, yeah, yeah. But we still love our our spouses. I've often thought that you guys, being on the professional end of it, should take a day off once in a while and go fishing, and not even think about this the work part of things. Yeah. I, we wouldn't we wouldn't back away from that. <laughs> Let's can go. I, can I have a second? Yeah. <laughs> All in favor? I second that. Uh, well, I want to arrange that. Uh, I want to do a remote of Mike the Baptist. I want us to load up in my a pontoon, motor home, and go somewhere. <laughs> That'd be cool. Do a remote. Yeah, so, cool. But anyway, uh, yeah, because I don't. You know, this comes back. What was the original question that you started out with? Who well, started this? You started yeah, this. Uh, about the menial jobs. Yeah. You know, and you know, how. Can we show Jesus? How can okay. we share Jesus? Yeah, that's you know? that's where it started. I didn't mean in to get every walk of life we can do this. But yeah. but regular folks like me that don't work in it all the time, we do get tripped up on whether or not every time we turn around we should be trying to do ministry well, instead of just doing our. And like Pastor just said, same it's the same way for us. It's it's really no different. It is because I'm like you know where I, I would say where you know we have our our game day appearances Sunday morning, Wednesday night. And that's when people expect you to, you know, be on. And the rest of the week, it's like we just have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that we have to do. But we need to be ready in the midst of that stuff. Like the visitor at the church today, just make sure that he knows, hey, you're welcome here, you know, and and, and just leave him with that impression. Hey, we want you to be around with us. This is this is a good place. So what y'all are saying is people don't need to feel guilty if every day. They don't have a big witnessing opportunity. Oh, witnessing. A big opportunity to shine. The people that Jesus reprimanded the most were the people that played church. Mm -hmm. And the people that he praised the most were the authentic people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we've got to get to is if you're going to drive up to get gas, 
and run over and tap somebody on the shoulder because you heard Mike Kunk say that's what you ought to do and you're doing that just to check a box or when your waitress walks up to your table you've heard one of us say before you know ask to pray with them and you do that just to check a box you know what that might not be you that might not be the way you would do things and so you have to be you just mm-hmm. be you as you go mm-hmm. look for those opportunities and be just being aware and i think more than anything you know what the shepherds were aware of their responsibilities and God caught them off guard. If we're just if we're just aware of our responsibilities and do what we're supposed to be doing, God will catch you off guard and give you those opportunities. And if you ask for those opportunities, you're going to see more of those opportunities. But again, it it's not one of those things that you should have to beat yourself up for. It it is be aware, look for opportunities to talk to people and be like Christ, but you know what? There were days when Jesus said, I don't want to be around any of you people. Yeah. I'm going to go be with my father. That's actually pretty encouraging. Exactly. So <laughs> you, you need some me time. You you need some isolation time. Mm. Um, but if your job is a mechanic, you turn wrenches as unto the Lord. And you do a fair job oh, wait to a people. You do a fair job Turn for people. Turn wrenches unto the Lord. Teach, I'm sorry. You charge them the right amount. You charge them the right amount. You right. be ethical to them. Uh, you be nice to I'll, I'll give you a great story about a mechanic, and we'll move on. So we were in North Carolina this weekend for Thanksgiving, and uh, my wife. You mean, you mean aunt, a few weeks ago? Yeah, a few. Um, gosh, time flies. Mm-hmm. It does. My wife's aunt lost her husband a couple of years ago and women typically stress out about cars and taking care of cars and so she had this mechanic that they had gone to and he told her he said i'll take care of you and so when she got ready to trade cars he told her you bring me the car i will go through it i will help you make sure it's going to be safe because i'm concerned about you Mm. So she did that and then said, what do I owe you? He said, you don't owe me anything. I told you that I wanted to help take care of you, mm-hmm. not your car. I'm taking care of your car, but I really wanted to take care. I look at those things. I'm like, that's wow. the way, yeah. that's the way that's a great to do example. life. That's right. You know, and with hmm. the skills that he had, with the with the job that he had, he was just helping her with no idea of I'm going to make money off of her. Now, what will happen? She's going to be his loyal customer, and he will right. make money. Yeah, but he didn't have to tear it out of her hand. That's she really willingly, yeah. So I, th- I think that's yeah. Whatever we're whatever we're supposed to be doing, do it in that way, and it'll it'll be a blessing to you. It'll be a blessing to them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And it should almost be, it really should be second nature to us. Yep. Uh, that that should be the driving force or one of the driving forces in our lives. You know, when when Jesus was an infant, you know, uh, parents did the right thing. They took him to the temple. Uh, you know, uh, Simeon was at the temple and he was expecting Jesus. He was excited. You know, there's another woman there uh, that uh, knew Jesus and was knew who Jesus was and was excited and was telling everybody around the temple, this is Jesus. This is the one we've been waiting for. And there was this excitement, and that's really where 
I hope that we get in our own lives, that we are so excited about the story of Jesus that we know that we just really can't help but tell others about it, and it just works out through our natural day-to-day activities and things like that. You mean as you go? As you go. Hmm. Right on, brother. Interesting. Yeah, That's what he said, right? Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. You think that's what he actually meant when he said that? To what he did, isn't it? Yeah, but when he was he when he was telling the, these disciple guys here, mm-hmm. you think that's what he meant? What he was meaning to tell them is, uh, you don't need to run off here and start a Billy Graham crusade. But as you fish and as you do your carpentry work or whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. you think that's what he meant when he was telling them that? I think so. As he yeah, well, as you let me off the hook then. Because I'm not a paid professional, but minister. you are. But you're on the hook. That you're still supposed to well, do it I mean, somehow. Yeah, but it lets me off the hook as far as creating some big new. Right. You know, early on, early on when I was saved, I had this grand vision of starting a. As a matter of fact, I think I called you. I called some people I knew to be on this board. I wanted to create a little accountability board or something. Do you remember that, or did I call you? Maybe I didn't call you, but you don't remember things. But well, I had this grand vision of starting some big crusade type thing. Because that's in my nature to put stuff together like that anyway. And I thought, you know, that's what I need to do. And I need to turn my music into this ministry and all that, which, you know, all that derailed down the road because that's not what I was meant to do. Uh, but where was I going with that? I was starting somewhere with that. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The as-you-go thing, uh, I think some folks, again, talking, you know, I'm the common guy here, uh, but I think a lot of us maybe think we need to do something bigger than than what we're already up to, I guess is what I'm trying to say, uh, to do enough for God to show him how, you know, we're involved in all that. But that's not the case at all, is it? And I feel like the more you uh, know who Jesus was, the more you read uh, in the Bible, the more alert you are to the possibilities, and you'll start seeing things. You don't have to force it. Right. You don't have to force people and go, hey, let's go knock on doors. Not there's anything wrong with that. But you don't have to do that, and you start sensing these things. It's like you were talking about the gas station. You start being... God and others focused. You're looking outside rather than looking inside at yourself all the time. You're looking at where God is. And I know I know that's kind of a funny concept, but you can see God moving through uh, people and uh, circumstances. I mean, you see things that are happening that are just kind of drawing you into it and going, here's a place you could step in. and That fits you. Yeah, that fits you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to... There's not a one... One size fits all for how you share what you know, how mm-hmm. you share what you're blessed by. There's all sorts of different ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of up to you to be listening and pay attention. Aware. Be Aware is a yeah. great word that I've, I've thought for years. That's A lot of this, uh, uh, a lot of Christianity to me is is me just being aware of what you're talking about that I don't really have to invent a new wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm aware, I can see how the wheel works that's already been invented. And then it's really interesting when you 
uh, I, I guess the more you uh, study the word, mm. the more you uh, – did you jump? I did. You got them good. I think the more you do that, the more aware you become. I think it's what you're saying, too, mm-hmm. of, of what's already taking place around you. Yes. Brings me back to my great predestination machine I want to build someday. I can't wait to build that. I'm going to get you guys involved in, in that because it's going to be a huge – it's going to fill up the whole stage of a church somewhere, and then I suspect it'll travel to others. But anyway, uh, so it's already taking place. It's already happening. Right. You know, the good news about all this to me is that we have we get to be involved. That's right. We really get to, and when we're aware that it, that it is already taking place, and that we don't have to create this big new thing on, of our own, that we could just simply be involved in what's already taking place. Right. And there's lots of there's lots of chances and places. To be involved. Mm-hmm. What the heck were you talking about originally? Well, we've been talking about the arrival of Jesus. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about the excitement of that arrival, telling people about it. But one of the things you just said about being aware. Mm-hmm. There, there's a key to this, and this is another <clears throat> example that Jesus gave to us in this whole process of, of us sharing what Christmas is all about with other people. In Scripture, we see Jesus retreating. H.D. talked about this a while ago. And he spent Mm -hmm. time alone with the Father. And if we do not go off just by ourselves and spend time with God in prayer, reading the Bible, just spending time with him, I don't think we're going to be aware of the opportunities that are around us day in and day out to share this good news that we're celebrating tonight uh, and tomorrow. We need to be um, deliberate in maybe just getting out on the fishing boat and getting out in the middle of the lake by ourselves and just, uh, well, we're not by ourselves because we're going to spend time with him and and let him just kind of pour back into us so that we can, we can go and do what he's called us to do. I think the importance of one sometimes we forget that because as you were sharing that story of like you know hey i want to do something big for god we forget that god wants us to just focus where we are with what we have who's around us and our definition of success is not necessarily god's definition of success and you see that disciples are hanging out with jesus this is toward kind of the end of his ministry and they're around the temple because it's that time to be around the temple and they're there doing their normal routine and the and the disciples are they're watching and you got all these people coming into the temple and rich people would take these bags of money and they would throw them against the urns that were there to collect the the monies and in our in our day they went to the bank and took their hundred dollar bill and got a bunch of coins so that when they threw it in it would make more money more noise and so you've got all these pompous people playing a game and then you got this little widow woman that walks up and shyly and probably feeling unworthy and unaccepted she drops what would be two little coins and jesus said she gave more that all the others combined. What does that tell us? God's not necessarily worried about the big numbers that we're concerned about. God's like, I just want you to be faithful in what I've given you to do. Let me worry about 
success and all that. I, I, I'll say this, you know, again, we're, we're here, we're celebrating going into our new worship center. Church is, is doing some really awesome things. And I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel just blessed to be a part of it. Absolutely. But I'm also smart enough to know it's not about me. That's right. Because I've got pastor friends within a rock's throw of our church that they're doing just as much work as I am. They are just as smart, if not smarter, than I am. And their churches aren't growing necessarily in the way that ours has. Does that mean they're somehow not listening to the Spirit or not studying enough or don't have the gifts? I don't believe that at all. I believe God has put them there. And maybe that's a hard ground to plow. Maybe he's preparing them to do some bigger and greater things. But it may just be a season where God's saying, I need you to prepare this group of people because they're not where they're supposed to be. So, you know, pastoring is a weird thing because all of us in one way or another would love to be uh, these famous pastors that step out onto million-dollar stages and all this budget to be able to do these big things. I think God sometimes like... I'm really not impressed with your big things. I'm impressed <laughs> with just your obedience. You know, uh, years ago, in the mid-2000s, I kind of completely switched my musical head to bluegrass. And part of that was uh, to simplify some things that I was involved with in, in music wound up uh, bluegrass musicians are some of the best musicians on the planet so there's some complications there that I snuck up on me <laughs> I got a quick education on that one but uh, prior to that I was saved already and I was wanting to roam around and play songs that I was writing for people and uh, you know the bigger the crowd the better uh, the more equipment I could plug in the better. Uh, the more complicated arrangement I could put together with the guys I was playing with, the better. And when I went into bluegrass, I started going into very small churches to play this stuff. I was more blessed, as they say, mm -hmm. from those small gatherings of people who were intently listening to what we were doing not just what we were doing but what we were saying than i ever was with any of the lights or smoke machines or uh it, it's almost like he was telling me just do this simple thing it's about this message right here and see what happens well what happened was it always moved me as much as it moved anybody else and i ran into people that wanted to actually hear what you were doing appreciated what you're doing and he very clearly i think i'm always careful about saying god speaks to me <laughs> i'm careful about how i say that because i don't want anybody that's not churched up to think that they're going to hear him say something because i don't think they're going to hear him say something out loud i just don't think so anyway uh, i think he was clearly showing me a picture of what was important here it, what was important was not fancy which you know i started saying then we ain't fancy, but you ain't either. <laughs> and I still say that because we're all the same. The fancy has nothing to do with the message. In fact, it gets in the way of the message a lot of times. Mm -hmm. uh, I have people that I hear that uh, visit some uh, mega churches who tell me, 
they can't get anything really out of it because the show is so big. Mm-hmm. They're overwhelmed by the show. And I understand that. Uh, there's a place for all that. I understand it, too. I'm not knocking what anybody does. But what he showed me was this real picture of what was important. And what was important was the one person sitting out there who was, who was you know how people turn their head sideways and they kind of squint, and you can mm-hmm. tell they're really listening? Like that RCA dog? Sort of, but with uh, clothes and stuff. <laughs> Anyway, but that became what was important to me about that. And from that point on, I didn't care if there were 10 people there Mm -hmm. or 200 there. I was going to walk in there and do and deliver a message. And then all this music I started doing at those events became about a message instead of about a production and all. And Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, I don't know where that started either or why I told you that. But what were you talking about? Who? What? It's it's just a good reminder that what does God want from us? Is oh yes, that, that's where it's it really came the from. simple. It's really <laughs> the simple things, you know. Um, I'll share this story. Last episode we talked about what are some things in your ministry that's kind of struck you or held on to you or changed the way you do ministry. I remember riding in my car one day and again as under shepherds you can get burned out pretty quick i mean it's like holly everywhere i turn this negativity you know you're you're trying to do all these good things and oh lord help somebody's not happy about the soap dispenser or the toilet paper's on backwards or why did this person get two books and i only got one and you're just like oh my gosh deliver me and you you start thinking there's got to be an easier way to make money right i mean come on there's there's got to be a less stressful way it's bad when you pull up to the church parking lot and you see the guy mowing the grass and you think, I'd love to switch jobs with you. Because <laughs> at least at the end of the day, I know I did something. Yeah. But I was listening to uh, Alistair Begg, one of his podcasts, and Alistair says, my ministry changed the moment that God broke me and made me realize me being a pastor was not for all those people. Me being a pastor was for me. Hmm. Because God loved me enough to put me in a job, to put me in a place, to put me around people, to put me under these pressures that I'm feeling so that I would have to be dependent on him. And when we get to those places where we don't lament, well, if I, was, if I had a million dollars, then I would do something for God. I'd give, and I would tithe, and I would help people. Then, no, you have a dollar? Give. Be a giver. And watch God teach you something, because he's not necessarily interested in us just being wealthy or famous. What he's interested in is you. Mm, that's right. He's interested in you. Mm-hmm. And so even this idea of sharing the gospel if you get out of your head that it is for them (laughs) yeah it's for you Mm -hmm. god wants me to be excited about him and therefore i can tell other people about him i hate to be tacky but whether they get saved or not it's not my problem well no it's nothing it's not my problem it's not i i can't save you i'm ill-equipped but I can walk away from the situation and feel pretty darn good about myself because I've been obedient. I've done what God asked me to do. If that person gets saved, man, that's a hallelujah. You can get excited. But if they walk away and look at you and go, 
Well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I wouldn't believe that if you gave me a million dollars. You might feel a little defeated, but it's not on me. It obviously don't bother you too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you laid it out there. I know. If I'm going to take it. <laughs> it's comforting to know that uh, you can just be yourself. It isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. Yeah. You're not. I used to. I used to pretend I was something else. <laughs> Years ago, and I can tell you, say it was a lot harder to do that than it is just being as common as I actually am. And just interestingly enough, I think this is the same for everybody. Uh, you will wind up being used for what you actually are if you just be what you actually are. If you're aware, and when when you get the awareness, and then you're comfortable in your own skin, things kind of work out, and you get to be involved, mm-hmm. which is really thrilling. I think it's thrilling to just to be involved. You know, COVID hit a couple of years ago, and a lot of people quit going to the church. And I thought early on, this is a dangerous thing. Because people have a tendency to go into a cave and just keep going further back to the back of the cave. And then eventually you don't want to come back out of the cave. And I thought that was a dangerous thing. It was a dangerous thing. I think it it was dangerous for me. Because prior to that, I think I was at my church 18 hours, 24 hours a day sometimes. Just, I mean, I was always... I was always there. Well, maybe at one point. I might have got a little lax before COVID for a while, but burned out, as they say in churches. Uh, but when COVID thing happened, I found myself retreating way back, uncomfortably far away. And it was hard to get back mm-hmm. back in there in the fall. And I think there are people that still deal with that just a little bit who mm-hmm. got so used to not being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's something really important about being around everybody else because if you're not it seems like you start thinking well i'm the only one that's got this certain problem i'm the only one you know dealing with a certain thing nobody else because but when you're around everybody all the time and you hear how common everybody else is (laughs) it's uh it makes you feel like you fit in Mm -hmm. and and then you see where things are actually taking place that are bigger than all the people could possibly do and then there's nowhere else to there's nowhere else to explain some of those things uh then it has to be something coming from uh somebody way bigger than we are i think mm-hmm. uh anyway i think you guys need to go fishing so what were you originally talking about coons well cooter i, I think uh <laughs> all we've talked about today it all comes back to a relationship mm-hmm. You know, we started off talking about Jesus coming into this world. Why? To have a relationship. Yep. And then uh, I think we kind of were wrapping it up here, uh, talking about that we need to spend time with him. We need to build our relationship with him. And as that happens, we're naturally going to go out and we're just going to share him with others. Simple as that. I think so. It's a great, uh, Billy Graham uh, ran a lot of big crusades on that. Simple as that. Yeah. God loves you. That's right. It seems like when you say that, uh, uh, there's something that piques people's interest about that. We want to be loved, don't we? Everybody wants to be loved. Yeah. So that's, I guess once that's one of the curiosities about Christian people. Uh, doesn't the Bible say something about a curious people? Is that in the Bible? Mm. 
Oh, peculiar people. Peculiar. peculiar. Mm-hmm. Oh, way to spoil it for us. Oh, Come sorry. on, this time on. In your <laughs> right. uh, we'll have to look that up later. But simple message, and I tell HD this a lot, jokingly but not jokingly. Oh, I if I catch him before a sermon, I'll just go up to him and say, "Look, just tell him God loves him and sit down." One of these days, he's going to do that. I think so. I've been waiting. I think it's coming at some point, but he's 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 Jesus all about you. timing. Yeah. He's all about timing. Come see. Thank you. So, if you're listening to us today and you don't understand the whole Christianity thing, God loves you. He loves me. That's right. He loves Neil. Kuntz. H.D. Hodo. Hodo Jones. Even Hodo. It's as simple as that, and that's a great place to start on a new journey for yourself. If you haven't done this yet, just understand, we believe God loves you, and we tell you that because we know he does us. That's right. And we can witness firsthand to that. It's a good place to start. We ain't fancy. You ain't either. It thundered outside. Is that like God saying something or applauding? Merry Christmas. I think God's saying, preach on. Okay. This ain't my section. I didn't mean to take it over there, but it's good. good. I was aware, Neil. Yeah. So jumped on it with two feet like a chicken on corn. Isn't that that dog in the Wizard of Oz, Hodo? Hodo. Hodo. It's Hodo now. Hodo now. Betsy, what's her name? Betsy? No. Dorothy. Dorothy, my little dog, Hodo. Little Hodo in the basket. (laughs) From Kansas. Who knew he had a last name? Hodo Jones. Okay, the great things you learn here on Mike the Baptist if you spend the time and slow down and enjoy the full conversation, which we encourage you to do every week. Every week, just like clockwork. Well, not like clockwork, but... Okay, uh, we'll take a break. Come back with an exciting round of in or Audi. Hope you stay with us. Oh, oh I was trying to hold that. <laughs> hey, everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritist new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. Today on In Your Audi, we are uh, going to raise the intelligence bar once again, like we always do. I don't know who we're going to raise it on, but we're going to raise it and then try to jump over it, and uh, it's, it's going to hurt. <laughs> but it's going to be oh so fun. And uh, like always, we want you to guess out there, uh, if you're listening or watching, you will want you to guess too and make it a big deal in your family, in your household, and, and put... Oh, he can't bet because it's a. a I don't mm-hmm. know. Is betting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No betting's not. No betting, good, right? No betting. Okay. I know some of us are confused back and forth. I don't do it anyway because if I ever have the urge to bet, I just go out in the yard and burn a five dollar bill and then come back in. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just easier and quicker. Okay, so uh, today Coots and Cooter Coots and uh, Neil NRA Andrews have the have the power, and they are going to. Lay it down. <laughs> Overwhelm us. Yes. Overwhelm us. Have at it, boys. Overwhelm us. All right. Uh, for this week, since we have Neil with us today, Neil should know this one, whether this Ooh, is no. true or not. Oh. Has to do with eating. 
I thought yeah. you were going to say music, but... Mm, no. All flying insects that walk on all fours are to be regarded as unclean. What the heck? Because you already threw me in a tailspin in my head, flying insects that walk on all fours. That's the first time I've ever... All flying insects who walk on all That fours. walk on all four... Wow. Are to be considered what? Unclean. Why would Neil know about flying insects that walk on all four and whether or not you can eat them? Is that what you're because asking? Because they can't eat animals, so they can eat insects. Those not if they're unclean. They're not, they're not animals. animals. Does a grasshopper, that's our logo, does a grasshopper have four legs and I, walk on them? I thought they had locusts. Is, is a locust and a grasshopper I was, different? I was really, I was really huh. saving that. I was really saving that because I really thought this is where was taking us saving what this idea because if it's unclean then why did john the baptist eat locusts oh well i'm thinking but now neil says a locust and a grasshopper so, is different according to the the people that i went to israel with and we went in the area where the caves where john the baptist apparently was they have locust trees outside oh. That have there's a pod like a bean uh, pod on that, so they think that it may not that's be the animal, but to, right? Be the really, pod. right? Interesting. I've got that image. I've got one of those. I have never office. heard that before. So which that's totally, amazing. Which totally kills your <laughs> logo. logo is, yeah. <laughs> I think we're gonna edit that out. Next time, next time on Mike the Baptist, <laughs> you're gonna have, have a bean pod and a bean pod. <laughs> 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 bean pod is a honeycomb. Wow. That is a theory, though. Wow. I mean, it could be true. I don't know. I hope it ain't, because I don't want to have to work, rework that logo. I'm sweating. You feel like a liar. In a way, I feel like a, way to mislead you're people. a false prophet. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, Neil. Hey. Well, also, uh, well, so so a locust don't have four legs, and it don't sure fly. It well, is depends that right? on which one you're sure talking about. No, they've got six well, I thought you said it was a bean pod. <laughs> Depends on which one you're talking about. There's two different locusts. There's locust, bo- locust bean, uh-huh. and then the locust insect. I wonder why the I didn't two, have two the different two names. Two arms up front are to eat with. Those are the tyrannosaurus. <laughs> that's, that's a dinosaur. I've got a big head, little arms. <laughs> this is going away. Uh, time out is growing. Yeah. Uh, what's the phrase again? All flying insects. That walk on all fours are to be regarded as unclean. That don't sound like it came out of Genesis, does it? <laughs> no, no. This would be a Levitical law, right? yes, if at all. Yeah, farther on in there, if at all. Yes, Exodus, Leviticus, a little further. Um, why? Why would they pick out a flying creature that walks on all four as being unclean versus a? Flying creature that don't walk on all fours. Why'd he pick cloven hoof over uncloven? Well, that was obvious. But this other one. <laughs> so are you questioning God? <laughs> no, I'm just questioning you. <laughs> oh, questioning God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can't question God. <laughs> uh, Double buzz. I tell you what, Coons, no, I'm just going to say. God. That's okay. This is a good one. do that. This yes, is good news. Yes. Yeah. What'd you say? I said David questioned God. He did. Acceptable. Oh, you know what? I'll take that buzz back. (laughs) Because you can do that. Neil, he said that you should know this. Do you know this? Um, not no. Okay. Mm, Not for a fact. 
Uh, we in guessing territory? Because sometimes, well, not very often are we in guessing territory, mm-hmm. I've noticed. Well, that just ruins my theory because I thought Mike the Baptist ate insects. I if did he, too. And if, he ate those, if he ate those insects, then he wouldn't eat something unclean because the Levitical law, the food dietary stuff hadn't been Ooh. repealed yet. Score. Yeah, this is kind of like an episode of Young Sheldon when Sheldon realized that the number zero does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go home tonight in a yes. fetal position. We're yes. like, I'm going to be up I don't on know that thing. i got to change my logo. I was just thinking about when I first moved down here, it was one of those seasons when the cicadas were coming oh, yeah. back. Yep. And I moved here from Chicago. And on the nightly news, they had recipes for how to cook cicadas. Oh wow! I missed those. Like, you've never you've lived here your how many I, years, and you've never that. seen that. Didn't know that. that. Yeah. yeah, Channel Four. That's nice. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> long as there's a chicken somewhere close, well, I'm right, not eating those around numbers. for a long time. Well, what do you think a chicken eats? Well, but I ain't Bugs. eating them. Yeah, but <laughs> we're really going all over the place right now. Bring it back so, in, fellas. Any or Audi? Yes, I think we're. Totally okay. caught off guard on this. Something just dawned on me while you guys were talking nonsense. There was a, uh, it's not epidemic, what's the word? Pandemic? Uh, no, where these flocks of locusts were taken yes. over. What's that called? Plague. Yes. Is that right? A yes. plague of, yes. so plague if they considered locusts. that a plague, they would not eat those. Right? Is that correct? Well, they considered it a plague because they ate all the vegetation and they would die. And if you had oh, a, yeah. an infestation of cattle, a plague of cattle, <laughs> yep. you know. Woo-hoo, barbecue night. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Reminds, reminds me of a cow joke, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Um, we we got to come up with an answer here. Mm. I think it's an Audi. I feel uncomfortable about it. Is that the coffee? It's probably. Uh, we roasted some Guatemalan coffee and tried it, and it has this odd, yeah, it's fruity if, or spicy or something. Or is it nutty? If Neil had not busted on the, because uh, I was like, the locust, the locust. That's really interesting. What do you mean he busted when he said it was a bean pod instead yes. of a grasshopper? Yeah, that's kind of inter- that's an interesting thought. I just uh, learned that when I was in Israel. So yeah, I, no, I, I think that's, that's plausible. I think it's an Audi. I think it could be in, in Leviticus or one of those real hard-nosed law or rules books in that what I don't remember is. any bugs being off the plate I mean you got the animals the hooves yeah right. I don't remember anything about bugs yeah I'm leaning I'm gonna go out just I'm going out I'm yeah, leaning towards this all let's all get a zero he's gonna fool us all yeah, yeah, let's all we'll take a zero I can't tell today he's got his uh, game face on yeah and he's not giving out. us anything so we're all Audis. We're yes. all Audis. Leviticus 11.20, all flying insects that walk on all fours are to be regarded as unclean by you. Way to go. There, ha- there are, however, some flying insects that walk on all, floor- all fours that you may eat. That is interesting. Right. I wonder what the difference would Until be. We're going to have to know that. Those laws don't apply to us. Thank <laughs> gosh. Right, man. We're going to need to know why there are some. If That's we knew a preacher that could preach on it one day. If we did. That would be interesting. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. So now I've got a four-point sermon. I've got to talk about Genesis. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. The, the birth of Jesus. The difference in a bean or a bean, bean pod and a grasshopper. Yeah. Locust. Locust yeah. tree. Yeah. So that really does make me huh. wow. think. 
that John the Baptist was not eating an insect because he would not have eaten. He wouldn't even eat well, depends. But some he are said, clean, some are uncle. Yes. Some are, yeah. <laughs> There's no way out. I ain't changing logo yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was good. That yeah, was really good. That was good. Way to, way to make us look silly. Yep. And I've never gotten that myself. You had three Audis, and we were all wrong. But we took it. Sorry. Right. Took it like good preachers. Yeah. Now we're going to the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crud. Now I don't feel so good. <laughs> NRA's up now. NRA's up. Okay, Neil. This too shall pass. Out. That's my coots imitation. <laughs> Audi. But now we do need to talk about it because I may be wrong. <laughs> I don't think it's in there. I think that's uh That sounds like uh poetry or something or or literature. That's in scripture. What is? Poetry, poetry in scripture in literature. Yeah. That's true. I don't think Shakespeare uh, wrote any of it. We know the concept. It sounds true. like something Shakespeare uh, would say. Yeah. This too shall pass. I don't think that exact phrase is in there. It's a gut a gut awareness statement. <laughs> I think it is. I'm going oh, with it. well, okay. I'm now. going with it. I think it is. This too shall pass. I'm standing my ground. I, 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 Famous last words. <laughs> I, I don't know why I think that. Exact phrase? Is that yeah, what you're asking? This too shall pass. This too shall pass. Out. I'm staying without. I'm in. Man. I am in. I can't even... I can't even think of why i think this because it's well it's <laughs> the, the concept is true i mean it's christmas so i'm just going to like tired. but now look look <laughs> we've come on santa claus bail me out yeah, we've come up before with this thing about the concept i know we've had this I discussion know. yeah today. we have and when it comes to any or outy you never know are these the bifocals um, no well, i don't know where they, they went those got donated <laughs> last week oh this too we shall need a christmas pass. miracle here this too <laughs> shall pass this too shall pass I'm staying without. It's just a gut reaction, but it. I mean, I know I quote that a lot, like when I'm hurting. I, yeah, I do all the time. I've, heard I've that, used it I've a heard lot. That quote in terms because we know it's true. Yeah, we know it's true. Yeah, I've heard it quoted in terms. Is it actually in there though? But I'm going to stick with in on it, and this is going to be the time Michael Jackson comes in. What whoop us? Let me, let me just say that the concept I totally agree is in there. Right, but yeah. the phrase right. to this me too. sounds more this Shakespeareish or something. Yeah, so that's ooh, just me. Ooh. Who would have said? Okay. No. So, See, my point is, who would have said? That's yeah, where some of these go in my head. Is, who would have said that? There. This is an Audi. Are you saying Audi? This is an Audi. What? This is an Audi. You seldom do that. Yeah. This is an Audi. Whoa. Are you going to explain? No. This is an Audi. <laughs> okay, everybody, listen. Raise your hands if you think it's an Audi. <laughs> Uh, are you sticking with? And I, I just got so confident, like, oh, he's over here looking up the scripture now. <laughs> y'all, well, y'all have made me rethink my thinks. Boy, I hope I'm right because if if I've uh, changed two preachers, this too well, I would. I'm not responsible for changing you though. Something happened in your head. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Something happened in your head over there. My head's still not doing anything. You're excited about the milk and cookies tonight. <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah. Not the milk, but the cookies. Well, then milk like cookies. Almond milk. It's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Oh, that's We're correct. For I, Santa I Claus. Yeah, I forget. Not the carriage for I the reindeer, all, but the cookies. Yeah. Get all wrapped up all right. in this. And I'm, I'll go with y'all. So we're gonna we're gonna go down together. We're on this one. Oh, we're we're, we're exact wording. This too shall pass. What now? 
This too shall pass, the exact wording of that. Okay. So in Acts it says, and it shall come to pass. In Isaiah it says, it will also come to pass. And in Ezekiel it says, uh, I shall speak, uh, the word I speak shall come to pass. There's nowhere it says, this too shall pass, except from Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka? <laughs> They'd the had a, like a five-game winning streak, and then they lost one, and he was oh. he was not pleased, so he was quoting the scripture. Oh, Are you saying we won? I'm glad, we to, won. Ride, I'm glad to ride your coattails. Yep. Hey! <laughs> the heathen changed the course of history. Okay, well, in good Christian fashion, I must confess that uh, we did this one some time ago. Uh I may have done it with the ladies or something, but but I kind of, I sort of knew this, but I wasn't a hundred percent. So I walked out on a plank right there, but I, I thought I sort of knew this. I didn't, I didn't remember it. Mike Ditka. I was thinking Shakespeare. Yeah. We never talked about Mike Ditka saying it. Yeah. Uh, Did we do this once with you guys or I don't know. I can't remember that far back. I just remember going Searching the the internet for is that in the Bible and that ended up on a lot of the lists. I think that's in the top tens uh, yeah, somewhere in there. I think but, so. Uh, in fairness to myself, I don't remember a lot of last week, so I, I knew that this was something was familiar about it. Well, we've had seven nights of sleep since the last episode, so true. Uh, we have, and that's a long time. Okay, so we won. We both won both, both yeah. times. It's funny how this works out. Everybody's a winner again. Participation Everybody's trophies always, again. Always a winner in the end. Speaking of the end, uh, we're going to come back in here. a bit, and uh, we can see the end on the horizon or whatever that is right over there. But we're coming back to sing a nice hymn here on Christmas Eve, and uh, hope you get everything you wanted and more. And we say that from the bottom of our heart. It depends on what you get. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. All the things you miss when you're not in the green room at Mike the Baptist taping. Riveting. It's riveting. Oh, yeah. And revealing. We have two R's. Two R's. Christmas Eve service. We're going to be late. Oh, yeah. we got to get to this and uh, everybody go to the Christmas Eve service and then uh, go home and do the Santa thing and all that. Or, I mean, wait on Santa. That's what I mean by do the Santa and thing. And then come back Sunday morning as we have worship. That's come right, right back Sunday o'clock. morning. Yep. And, uh, Tomorrow it is. You know, it's a, it's a vicious cycle, but it is what it is. It's part of the package and far be it from this program to go against the grain of any package. Which is why we do a hymn at the end of every Mike the Baptist episode, direct from the Mike the Baptist hymnal, which soon is going to be, I predict, the most popular hymnal in every church all across this globe. And they're going to look back to these days when a few preachers and myself were sitting around and and uh, talking about these hymns and the history of them. Uh, this hymn... I don't know. This may have been one of the very first ones. Well, I mean, it all started with the birth of Jesus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's what we've been talking about. So, well, yeah, well, I didn't say yada, yada. Somebody said yada, yada here a while back. I think it was Jason. I said yada, yada. Anyway, great old hymn. 
I think it's appropriate for Christmas Eve. That's right. And if you know it, uh, you stand and sing it, because I know a lot of you can't sing church hymns without standing. So you stand. And, you know, if you're driving, it's okay to stand and sing this hymn. Just pull over. Or maybe just straighten your legs out. Open the sunroof. <laughs> open, the, open the sunroof. So if you're seeing somebody right now going down the road. Does Lee do that all the time? <laughs> up in the top out of their sunroof singing this hymn, you'll know why they did it. It's a moment. It's a <laughs> They've been. It's a high church moment, yeah. compliments of yeah. the gang at Mike the Baptist. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Well, that glows. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. Like Hodo. They never let poor Rudolph join any reindeer games. Like Monopoly. But then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him, as they shouted out with glee, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in his story. Merry Christmas from H.D. Uh, Jones. Neil Armstrong. Thank you. I feel like I'm on the moon. <laughs> Cooter Coontz and Mike the Baptist. Hope you have a merry one. <laughs> and remember, we're just Christians. Trying not to cuss. Especially on Christmas. Be real careful with that one right there. <laughs> Whoa, bless you. It's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> Mike the Baptist 